you know, the moderator, um, a note taker, and then we had to hide somebody around the corner. The man behind the curtain, yeah. <laughs> this is Aaron May. I'm John Henry Forster, and this is Awkward. Silence. Silences. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Awkward Silences. We are here today with Susan Rice, who is the head of product design and research at Toast. JH is here too. I'm here. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, Susan and I used to work together at Vista Print and haven't caught up in quite a while, so I'm excited to, uh, to hear what she's got to say. Cool. So Toast is an interesting product that has a B2B component, a B2C component, a hardware component and a software component. So we're going to talk about what research and product design looks like in that ecosystem, but really focus in on researching for a physical product for a hardware solution, which is not something we've talked about a lot. So Susan, just to dive right in, tell us a little bit about your role at Toast. Sure. Um, so I've been here about eight, nine months, and it's been a whirlwind, I would say. <laughs> Toast is a really exciting company in that we're going through aggressive growth. You know, in terms of the UX team and what we cover, there's just a breadth um, of products that we cover. So you mentioned quite a few of them uh, in terms of like the coverage B2B, B2C. There's a B2B2C comp. Uh, concept as well. And then one other thing you didn't uh, quite mention was our service design aspect. So we're also just helping design for streamlining the onboarding experience, working very cross-functionally, you know, across the organization uh, to make that a really great experience for our customers. Cool. And just to make it really simple for anyone who's maybe not familiar with Toast, like the best way to think of it probably right is like the point of sale system in a bar or restaurant or I guess other food service type establishment. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we have kind of quick service restaurants and full service restaurants. So you would go up to the counter and you would order, you know, coffee and um, maybe a salad or something else as well. And so that terminal, that kind of Android platform is um, what is typically thought of as the Android POS. So the point of sale system. Um, but that talks to other systems, right? So mm-hmm. there's this where it pushes out to a kitchen display system. So that's for where a kitchen, you know, somebody, a chef or somebody might see a printed ticket in some cases, or in this case, they'd see what would be, you know, a ticket system on a display. We also have things like, okay, if you have a handheld, so we have these handhelds we put um, out last year, our Tosco, and they're flying off the shelves. So if you think about like a full service restaurant, a really large restaurant, it takes a long time between when they go, somebody goes, your waiter goes to your table, uh, and they take your order. If they had to go run to a terminal, you could lose five minutes there waiting for somebody. So instead, you can actually have them, you know, server use this handheld and take your order right at the table. So we have like that Tosco, for instance. Susan, um, I saw, I had never seen these before and I saw them everywhere we went in Austin. I don't know what your Austin <laughs> penetration is like, but everywhere <laughs> we went had these toast machines, which I'd never seen before. So they're doing very, very well in Austin. Yeah, our sales staff's really great in Austin for sure, but <laughs> across the country. Yeah. It's awesome. So, but I interrupted you. So tell, you're telling us about your variety of products. Yeah. Well, there's just so many aspects to it. So even if you go to a quick service restaurant, you might have a, 
a guest-facing display that's attached to the um, the POS terminal. And so that's for a consumer, you know, to be able to see the price as it adds up, the tally or what have you, or, or maybe they'll sign up for loyalty, our loyalty program there. We actually just recently launched this year our Toast Takeout app. Launched in Boston now and piloting in a couple other cities for now. So it's really new um, and it's exciting. So that's a new product for us. Very uh, cool. Yeah. A, a question I have. So restaurants, as we just kind of like went over, are very complicated. They're, and like restaurant operations um, seem kind of crazy. How do you go about like finding the biggest pain points for you know the folks in those environments? It seems like I'd imagine a lot of the success and growth you've had is that your solution is better and, and the people in restaurants prefer using it. Um, but it seems really hard to understand and, and factor in like all those different variables of, you know, how the kitchens are set up and the different staff, different places might have. And um, how do you actually go through like that sorting exercise to figure out where you can help? Yeah. So, um, you know, there's quite a few people. So about three quarters of our staff or, or 60% of our staff at least are um, from restaurants. So whether there's restaurant owners or servers or bartenders, whatever that is. So um, we have a lot of empathy just built in naturally because we have that experience, um, myself included. Um, so there's that aspect, but we definitely do research as well as capture, you know, feedback all the time um, through, you know, whether it's through our calls, if somebody's calling for, you know, having a question with, and, and talking to one of our tech support agents, or if we're out in the field, you know, or if we're, um, reaching out to customers with specific questions and, and trying to understand a, an, an area or a pain point, we just launched our toast payroll, um, today, literally, uh, a new, uh, area for us, which is really, uh, super exciting. And so we've been researching payroll and just kind of the the pains of people having to, you know, restaurant owners and managers having to manage their staff. Um, so things like that. Wow. So it feels like strategically, right. Toast is doing so many things as we've been talking about and the, the service design component of really having to understand all the touch points between the business, the employee, the end customer, and then having a software and a device and a solution for all those interactions feels kind of like what's going on here. Now you have payroll too. How did yeah. you start researching and building these products without it becoming completely overwhelming or is it overwhelming? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is it not overwhelming? <laughs> <laughs> but how do you approach it? How do you, where do you start? Yeah. Um, I mean, we have different teams focused in different areas. So we do break up the work. Um, the way that I've mapped my team is by journey. So we have kind of more of the restaurant journey based on kind of the different roles within the restaurant uh, and what happens for a restaurant. So for instance, you go through the sales process, you've decided to sign with um, Toast, you know, what happens at that point uh, and the different phases. And that's part of, you know, where we're really uh, hyper-focused in terms of the service design and streamlining onboarding. Um, but then, you, you know, once you're onboarded then you're and you pass kind of the configuration kind of stage, then you have to operationalize your business, right? And then also continuously add, you know, acquire new guests. Uh, and what tools are we providing from that perspective? So I've kind of mapped the team, my UX team, based on the journey of the restaurateur, as well as once actually the guest experience. So whoever that end user is, so in this case, you know, the consumer um, so we want to make sure that we're also designing for that end user as well. 
Um, so it's not just the different roles in the, the restaurant, but the guest. And then we're actually starting to think about the manager and employee journey uh, and how that might be different as well, especially as we're talking about this payroll product. Did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you are able to, like, everything's very interconnected in this world, but you are able to isolate kind of specific journeys and, and have people focus. Um, that makes a lot of sense. When when you are dealing with the hardware piece, um, like, how have you approached that? Like, you mentioned the Android uh, point of sale kind of device. Is that something where you need to, like, know where it's positioned in the environment or you know, see people using it so you can see like, oh, they tend to have a lot of stuff in their hands. So like they don't have a lot of ability to hit like small buttons or whatever. Or um, like, how does that factor into it versus just the standard like designing screens and seeing if they're usable? Yeah. So the hardware is really interesting because we offer third party hardware in some cases, but we actually design our own hardware in other cases. So the Toast Go, for instance, was all designed um, in-house. Um, and so that's proprietary to toast. Um, and like I said, it's, it's, it's very successful. Um, and so, you know, in those cases, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're designing something that really meets needs actually, you know, in solving real problems. Um, so it's everything from, you know, something like, oh, how do we, what are the considerations for now that we've had this toast go out in the world? What could we do to improve it based on the feedback that we've been getting, um, you know, uh, through product management, you know, with UX um, support. Um, and then also, you know, other, there's, there's, we have so much hardware at the end of the day, because there's different kinds of readers, you know, credit card readers, and then with dip, you know, when you're dipping your card these days, or actually NFC where you're tapping your card, uh, kind of like Apple Pay, how do we, um, provide our customers with the right experiences and enable them because they want to be able to offer things like Apple Pay. Um, so we're researching all the time uh, in order to improve those experiences. Um, I don't, did I tell you about this? Uh, like we were recently doing some prototype testing on some Toast Goes. Um, and it was just fascinating because uh, our engineer who's out of state, you know, he just reached out and said, Hey Susan, I'm coming to town next week. Or actually, it might have been like this week, and I need to learn X, Y, and Z. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> we can do that. We can learn. Um, and so sometimes you have to just find quick and dirty ways to get those learnings, um, just because you know somebody needs to know quickly. And so in this particular case, we're trying to figure out things, everything from like kind of your size of the hand, whether that matters or not. Trying to you know determine kind of curvature, a lot of different aspects and elements of um, you know this particular design. And so, you know, we threw together a protocol within, you know, like, okay, meet me on Wednesday at 12 o'clock in the hardware pod. Um, I'll bring somebody. And we, like, we huddled together um, and we cr quickly created a protocol that actually required, it, it sounds super complicated, but it was like three people. The first, you know, the moderator, um, a note taker, and then we had to hide somebody around the corner. <laughs> it's like, like the so man behind the curtain, yeah. <laughs> yeah believe in that. <laughs> so, so, but nobody knew what we were doing. They're answering all these questions. And then we had to like shuttle them over to somebody else to measure their hands. And then we oh, interesting. Right? We'd map, oh, let's this this measurement to their their responses and to see what later on like you know, our hypothesis is that, uh, you know, the size of hand is going to matter in this case. Is that true? Was it true? 
Um, to some extent, but not not as much as we thought maybe in this particular case. Yeah. Got it. Were any adjustments yeah. made as a result or what did it Constantly. validate the prototype? Yeah. 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 It, the, it, it actually validated the engineering's engineer's direction. Uh, so hardware engineer, um, the direction, which was, you know, felt good um, because it was based off of 90. Uh, we ended up doing 90 people. In a week you did 90? Well, it's really quick. What we did took for each person took about 10, 15 minutes. And mm-hmm. so that first where we were really supporting and setting up the right environment and the right protocol, um, we went through, I think we did like 35. And then I'm like, okay, Bert, you're on your own. Uh, and then he yeah. was great. <laughs> he and a couple of the other engineers took this card around and I'm like, yeah, go to the second floor because they don't get to see us very often. And, you know, rolled that card around. Then he rolled it up on the R&D and the marketing and sales. And he he captured 90 results. Wow. So he served as a moderator with an engineer as a note taker. And who was the hidden person behind the curtain? (laughs) Another engineer? It was one of my UX designers and my product designers. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What's what I love about this is I feel like, um, and I kind of fall into this trap, I think too, is you think of like software prototyping as being something that's become so like so rapid and so iterative. And for me, not, you know, not working in the hardware space, like hardware is slower and it takes longer to get feedback. And, um, I think it's, it's, it seems like it's true that if you're clever and kind of scrappy, you can still get, um, important data pretty quickly, um, just through maybe, you know, different approaches and different techniques. Yeah, you can take you, basically your creative problem solving tools and apply it to whatever, you know, in this case, research problem that we had. Um, you know, it didn't matter that we're tech savvy in this particular case, right? Because we weren't testing on tech. Um, we were, it was really about physic, the physical nature of somebody. Um, so they did go also in addition to that. So it wasn't just their uh, just internal. Uh, they also went to customers. Uh, a few customers just to vet that out also. Um, but it helped us iterate, um, you know, the life cycle or the, I guess the product, um, you know, life cycle of a hardware product, it just takes a lot longer uh, to, to build and finally release. So you do want to take extra caution in making sure you feel really confident in your results and your direction. What was the validation or physical sort of user research before that point with the kind of hand size testing? How many different versions of the product had been created as prototypes and, and tested in some capacity? Um, if I remember correctly, we did some internal kind of more like internal feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was, you know, and actually I remember they, you know, had me go in there for instance, and they'd already been talking about it. And so um, I just gave them feedback. They'd been giving each other feedback, that sort of thing. So this was the first time we extended it beyond kind of our R&D team and the hardware team. Um, But it won't be the last time either. So we'll keep doing some more revs because, again, hardware, it's it's just something you want to make sure you're getting, you know, right. You don't like it it would take two years again before (laughs) another hardware or a year, right? It's not like software where you're releasing all the time. And if you, you know, you're like, oh, I feel pretty confident. This is okay. And then you go, it goes out in the world and then you get, you know, poor results. You could just pull back or whatever. Um, that hardware is a lot different in that aspect. Yeah. So the is, cost of being wrong is, is super high. It seems like. Yeah. That's right. So is most of the research that you're doing then before 
a, a prototype makes it to the end customer, more discovery research and understanding context, field research, that sort of thing? Or how do you get to the point where you have this nearly finished physical prototype for people to, to interact with? Yeah, I mean, it really depends. Um, mm-hmm. So are you, specific, are you asking specifically for hardware? Yeah, specifically for hardware. Yeah, for hardware, um, we actually give a lot of feedback even on um, uh, like the CAD designs, you know, like the, the, the prototypes that are just drawn up. Um, so even before uh, it's physical, um, you know, we'll look at that, give feedback, um, you know, maybe show it to customers to get a sense, you know, they're just like, there's like a design sensibility, um, factor. We'll actually run those through a 3d printer in some cases, depending on what this thing is actually in, in, in that particular case we did as well. Uh, so we have a couple things that are prototyped right now and they're in the kind of 3d printing stages and they're, those vary in terms of fidelity. So there's like a low fi 3d printing and there's a high fi. 3D printing. Um, so it gets closer and closer to the end result of what you would experience if it was manufactured. Um, and so we're constantly going out in the field, you know, sharing with customers, looking at it in terms of the family of products that we already have, um, you know, looking at the branding elements. So there's so many different aspects of it. Cool. And so uh, you have those tools for like the actual, you know, physical shape of the hardware and all that. Um, I'd imagine like on the Toast Go you mentioned, there is still a software component, right? And there's a screen and other stuff. Are you like in parallel using more like, I don't want to say traditional, but like uh, screen design yeah. tools, whether that be Envision or Sketch or whatever, to like get feedback on the screens kind of independently and then trying to marry those together at the end? Or like, what does that process look like? Yes. Yeah. So on the digital side, yeah, we and we do some of that in parallel for sure is, um, yeah, we use the typical tools, which are, you just mentioned two of them, right? Sketch, Envision. Uh, we're actually trying out Principle right now for the first time. Um, so, and then Zeppelin, you know, to deliver mm-hmm. to engineers. Um, so it's pretty typical um, for most digital designers. Um, yeah. Cool. And even though it's not like a standard screen, quote unquote, right? It's not like a laptop screen or whatever. Like maybe different dimensions uh, in a little like handheld device. People are still able to like interact with those and, and give, you know, meaningful feedback and, and kind of adjust. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really easy to test. Like it, it, it's actually in some ways even easier to test because you can bring it along uh, anywhere. So, yeah, we would do any kind of testing that way. Oh, cool. uh, we have emulators as well, uh, if necessary. And uh, so we could do remote testing. I don't remember the last time we've done that for that product. But yeah. And then just more generally, as you guys are looking for, you know, some of those pain points and stuff, will you do uh, this is like now, I guess I'm just a I've created like a fantasy in my head where you guys do discovery research and you just get to like hang out at coffee shops and bars and restaurants and like ask people (laughs) why they did certain stuff or follow staff around. Is that like, is that a part of it at all? Or is that, um, me just creating like a pipe dream on the side? No, actually it's, it's really funny that you mentioned it because I was just in my team meeting and, um, and we were talking about that is, um, so right now I would say we're doing a little bit less of that kind of just straight, Let's go to, um, you know, a toast customer and really just sit down, observe and not um, have specific questions that we're looking to answer or specific areas that we're looking to help solve for. Um, so that's an opportunity for us and we want to do it. It's, it's a matter of kind of time and resources. Um, so as of now, it's a little bit more targeted. Um, so, you know, in the case of 
something like the Tosco, we have some customers, either a handful of ones that were, you know, are using it already and we want to get feedback um, from, or um, ones that could be potential users. And um, we might have some broad general questions, but then also we probably have some targeted ones as well. But yeah, I'd love to hang out in coffee shops all day. <laughs> yeah, that part seems fun. Um, you talked a little bit about service design, which is another topic we haven't spent a lot of time talking about on the podcast. So I'm curious, I know that's an area you're passionate about and have spent some time time on at Toast. So curious about your experience there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love service design. I love all of the, this aspect. I just love the fact that um, service is, you know, I don't know, we could debate a service design the same thing as UX. Is it different? There's a lot of commonality um, in terms of approach. And again, it's about, you know, how you apply um, creative problem solving to certain areas. Um, and in this particular case, it's like these, these um, journeys and these experiences that you're creating that have some combination of digital and people you know, the services that we provide and how could we streamline that as much as possible in meaningful ways and create moments that matter along the way. So when there is some kind of touch point, it's meaningful to the end user. Um, so it's not typical in the fact that it's not, it's beyond digital, but I also think of UX as being something that should be beyond digital. It just somehow somewhere along the line, um, a lot of people think that's what UX is. Somewhere people became more digital focused. Um, but if you think about the broadest terms about it being like it's a, improving the user experience, then it doesn't matter whether what kind of touch point is creating that experience. Um, and so that's what we're looking to help design for and help um, ultimately improve, you know, not just the customer experience, but also the bottom line for our company. Yeah. So the service design, the way you were just defining it there is just like, it's really holistic, right? Whereas sometimes UX gets used in a way that's become a little bit more narrow, uh, whether that's correct or not, right? Is that is that the main distinction? Yeah. And so, I mean, there's a lot of opinions out there in the world, a lot. I'm not saying mine's the, the right or the wrong, it's just my opinion, which is, you know, I look at user experience as being the broadest notion of how do you improve somebody's end user experience. And it doesn't matter what that touch point is. Uh, at some point, um, people start differentiating between digital and services. Of course, the, the problem, right, when you, especially if you're focused on the research side and you know the user needs this, you know their pain, you know their context, anyone in the company can be part of that solution of delivering that user experience, whether it be designers or engineers or customer support or whoever might be part of that digital or service experience. Have you found any interesting ways to impact that service side of things or interesting ways to gather research that translate to that piece of the UX puzzle? Yeah, it's, um, so we're in the middle of a really big initiative right now. And um, I also look back at my time again at MindBody and I think at the end of the day is um, it takes a lot of people and a lot of subject matter experts across the organization to really be able to create um, a streamlined customer journey um, and a really excellent customer experience. And so uh, the biggest thing to me is that it's, it's very stakeholder um, heavy. 
it means like in order to do that well, you need a lot of different people with a lot of different lenses to provide the input um, to help create what that looks like, you know, create that kind of um, shared vision around where you want to head. And so that's that's where I think it becomes a little bit different. It's a, a little different than creating, mm-hmm. you know, having your scrum working on that team to kind of iterate on a product um, or a product, you know, a feature set or what have you. Um, so that's how I kind of see it being um, different and where there's the opportunity to create really great things is um, because you're not doing that in isolation because you, you just can't. Right. How do you get a variety of intelligent stakeholders all on the same page? Great question. That's going be hard. <laughs> Um, yeah. So right now what we're trying to do is just do that is like, Hey, what's current state? Let's make sure we even understand current state. Hey, what are shared metrics? Um, because sometimes what happens is organizations have actually KPIs that can sometimes be, um, have a little tension against each other. They might be conflicting to some extent. Um, so how can we make sure we're creating shared, um, KPIs for, um, this journey, this customer journey. Um, and what can we do to create some artifacts that help articulate, um, what that looks like, what the end experience looks like so that we can back out and then we can say, oh, all of these different things are happening within the organization because they're, you know, people are moving in every direction and moving fast. Um, how can we make sure that we're moving in the same general direction? We're rowing in the same direction. Um, and sometimes I find that those artifacts are what helps. And it's the process for building those artifacts that is, is so important. And again, you can't do that in isolation, yep. right? Like you want shared vision and shared um, uh, outcomes, then people have to be involved in it. What's a sample artifact? Um, like journey mapping mm-hmm. is a very, you know, common artifact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's the current current state, sure, but what's a, a future aspirational um, journey look like? That's one. Um, yeah, we're we're working with um, uh, a consultant firm. So, um, you know, they love to use the Airbnb example. If you look up Snow White, mm-hmm. um, Airbnb Snow White, uh, they have some really great storyboards um, and that helped define kind of the guest journey and also that kind of two-sided marketplace. And it unlocked um, quite a bit of um, kind of a, a, the way to think about how to design for the guest journey. Susan, I always like to ask at the end of these recordings what we missed or if there's um, something you want to share that we will seamlessly fold into the episode or pull out in a little clip, um, something you've learned over the years, something you believe that most people don't agree with, that you want to get on the record, uh, anything else about life at Toasteries or research? It's open, open for whatever. So much. <laughs> no, no pressure. No pressure. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like we're really just lucky to be in this field. Um, it's it's fun. It's dynamic. It's um, you know it you get to work with people and you get to really learn all the time every day. Um, you just can't ever assume that you know all the things cause you, you just never do. And that's not just a, you know, that's just a human, <laughs> the human factor of that is real, but um, you know, to learn from our customers and to be able to serve them uh, it really is meaningful. So I love being in this industry. Um, like I said, or I don't know if I even said that in this, 
this podcast, but I have a restaurant background. And so um, that was what was really meaningful for me to be able to work at Toast and be able to be uh, in an industry that I've really loved. It was my first job. Uh, and then I continued in the restaurant industry for 12 years. My husband was in it for over 20, maybe 25. I don't know, something like that. Um, so we're kind of restaurant people. And so it's great uh, to, to be on this side of it. Thanks for listening to Awkward Silences, brought to you by User Interviews. Theme music by Fragile Gang. Editing and sound production by Carrie Boyd.